Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. If you have your Bibles, we are going to turn to John chapter 14, uh, verse 1, and we're going to read all the way through verse 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen, so just follow closely with me. It reads like this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now this is Jesus sitting around with his disciples, and he's He's talking to his disciples. So I want you to really grasp what we're going to dive into today. You've you got to put yourself in the disciples' shoes here. So imagine you're at a round table, okay, breaking some bread with Jesus. I know, kind of a big deal. But I want you to put yourself in those shoes. And, and imagine Jesus having this conversation with you about what's to come, okay, about what's next. And you're sitting there, and this is what happens. So he says, in, in my father's house are many mansions, okay? If it were not so, I would have told you, okay? I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, so you're leaving, okay? That's great. I've been following you forever, and now you're going to leave. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, this is good, and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And watch this, watch this. And where I go, you No. And the way you know. That's a bold statement. Here they are sitting around the table. Jesus is speaking to them about what's to come. And he's telling them that they know. And we're going to read about Thomas here in just a second. But you've got to love Thomas. If you can't relate to Thomas, you, you probably haven't lived very long. But Thomas is a an extremely normal guy, but he's very intellectual. He's a, a cerebral type, if you will. And here in verse 5, we're, which we're about to read, Thomas just kind of pauses for a second. And he's like, um, hand goes in the air, you know. Jesus, uh, Lord, um, I don't know. I mean, clearly you said I know, but... Me, as for me, no, don't really know. Watch, Thomas in verse 5 said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how, how can we know the way? Seriously. Literally, we, we don't know the way. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father Except through me. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this subject. It's complicated. It's complicated. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to stand in your presence. God, we don't take that for granted. This is a big deal that we get to experience you once again today, God. And I pray that you would have your way in this service today. Do whatever you want to do in us, God. Change me. Make me better, make me new, so that when I leave here, God, I'm a better person, and I know you in a greater way. And Lord, 
Bless Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus one more time. That was for Jesus, not the Cowboys, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. So as we we jump into this, listen, uh, my title is It's Complicated. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes today. But I want to give you my main point right off the bat. Like, I want to make this as simple as possible. Though that's my title, It's Complicated, it's not really complicated. That's all I got. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you. It's not complicated. Have you ever had uh, a friend or a person in your life, maybe a family member perhaps, that they were just in total consternation? I mean, they were just flustered. They were upset. And you could see it all over their face, right? I mean, they're just like, oh, Jesus. Pacing back and forth, running their hands through their hair, just sweating. You know what I mean? You see, you know. Is that you? It's been me many times. And then being the loving, caring friend that you are, because you love your friends and you care about them, right? You walk up to them in and, and the best way possible. You, you just pose a simple question. I mean, hey, what's wrong? You just messed up. No, I'm kidding. And have you ever received... This answer. It's complicated. I don't know. Was the look good? I just made that up on the spot. Maybe it was your wife, right? And husband, maybe you you come home from work or something and they've been watching the kids that day. Hey, baby, how was the day with the kids? (laughs) It's complicated, honey. Or husband, maybe your wife comes home and asks you about the office and you, you didn't land the deal or whatever that you were trying to do and you're frustrated and, hey, you know what, honey, it's just complicated, Dad. I'd rather, I'd rather not talk too much about this. It, it, it's complicated. Have you ever had that response? Man, you don't have to raise your hand, but somebody just tell you that it's complicated. I want to translate that answer for you. Are you ready? Number one, the translation of it's complicated is this. You have to huff and puff. You know what I mean? Like somebody in that, you just have to give it that emotion. You know what? I don't even have the time to start breaking down to you everything that has gone on today. You know, it's, it's, it's been complicated, okay? So I don't even have the time. And the second translation is this. Uh, huffing and puffing, of course. You know, we can't do anything logically. We have to get frustrated about it. And so we're just banging our head against the wall. Just, I don't even have the energy right now to talk to you about 2014. I, I can't even begin to tell you how complicated last year was for me. It's just, compl- I don't have the time, I don't have the energy. It's complicated. And my concern 
as a fellow Christian standing here talking to an incredible group of people, listen, is that for the Jesus followers in here, this seems to be sometimes our emotional disposition in our relationship with God. Let me say that again. Oftentimes, this outlook of it's complicated, right, seems to be our emotional disposition and our relationship with God. And before we we really dive into what we're going to be talking about today, listen, I want to make sure that you understand that that I'm not not here to debate the reality that life is complex. I, I get that life is extremely complex, and if your life is not very complex, if there aren't a few layers in your life, you you probably need to get out a little bit more. Life has its layers. There are all types of layers in the lives that we live. It starts when you're young. You go to school, college, you get married. Another layer. Amen? No? Bad joke? Okay. You have kids. Can I get an amen? That you're going to have to help me out today. You have kids. Come on, I'm talking. That, that's a couple more layers on your life, especially when you have a 15-month-old like me, and she's getting some dependence in her. You know, she thinks that she's 14 and that she can just climb up the stairs whenever she wants. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just go ahead and climb up the stairs, you know, and headbutt you. What? Layers. There's a lot of emotions in the life that we live. There's a lot of details, a lot of wires and issues and friendships, a lot of communications and thoughts. This life is complex. Bottom line, no no question about it. Our lives is complex. But what I am concerned about this morning, that as a fellow Christian, is that Christianity and our relationship with God is not complicated. It's not complicated, folks. I literally wrote this in my notes as if this was a prophetic moment, though it's not. I didn't think I would get a lot of amens on that one, exclamation point. You know why? Here's why. Because you and I are the very ones that complicate it to begin with. And so we're sitting here saying, "Uh, uh, no, it's complicated, Brad. I'm telling you, you don't know. You, you don't understand. It's, it's complicated. Is he serious right now? Life and church and last year. It was complicated. It was complicated. I'm still complicated and confused right in this very moment. He, what is he talking about? And the problem with complexity is that it almost always leads confusion and the last time I checked the the last time that I opened my Bible the God that we have been worshiping all day and the one that I'm preaching about right now is not the author of confusion come on can I get an amen he's not the author of confusion but he's the author of clarity he hasn't come to make your life more difficult more confusing more frustrating He's come to bring a peace to your life in 2015. Come on, he's come to calm the storm of your family problems and your marriage situation and your crazy job in 2015. He's not the author of confusion. And listen closely, if you're taking notes, write this down. 
Complexity leads to confusion. And confusion leads to exasperation. And if I could put some sound effects on our spiritual lives, it would be something similar to this. I know it's 2015, but, but, but I prayed in 2014, and God just didn't answer the way that I... I, I don't even know what to do. Uh, should I even come to, should I continue to serve? I'm just frustrated. This, this whole thing doesn't make sense to me. I'm, I'm kind of confused with, with Jesus. I, I'm kind of confused about, I pray and sometimes, it, I, I'm kind of confused about church. It's complicated. And we huff and we puff. That's where some of us are internally as we jump into 2015. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Listen, it does not have to be that way. That your relationship with Jesus Christ does not have to be complicated. Amen? Some of us view Christianity like a rubber band ball. Picture that with me in your mind. A ball with lots of rubber bands around it. And you go, you know how it is. You try to take one off and it just pops you on the finger and you get mad and you just want to throw it. It's jumbled up, a tangled mess. And this is how we view Christianity oftentimes. It's just a big wad of principles and concepts and disciplines. The history of the Bible, right? A list of do's and don'ts. The 66 books and the 44 authors. I mean, I, I think I need to go to a Bible college or to seminary just to be able to break down this thing called life and this book called the Bible and this thing called Christianity. And so like Thomas in our text, you can be in church, in the chairs right now with everyone acting like they know they know the way, right? And you're like, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm confused. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I probably, I don't know. I'm sitting here and I really don't get it. I, I don't know when to sing. I don't know when to amen. I, I, I don't really know very much. Everyone is acting like they know. I mean, but I don't know. I'm in church. I'm here, but I, I really don't know. And so, so I don't know. And everyone acts like they know, but I'm not going to tell anybody, right? That I don't know because I want to be like I'm a socialite. I don't want people to think that I don't. I mean, I'm religious. I want people to think I've got it together. And so we we hold it in and we don't tell anybody that we don't know. I'm going to pretend like I know because you seem to know and you seem to know. The preacher thinks he might know, I, but I don't know. I. I don't know, Jesus. I mean, I know you think I know, um, but uh, I'm lost here. I, I don't know. And Jesus, Jesus says, Thomas, guys, listen, you absolutely know. You, without question, you know. And Thomas does what we've all done a time or two, right? Nah, no, 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 nah, sorry, don't know. Jesus, I, I don't know at all. Hey, Peter, do you know? Pete, uh, um, James, listen, bro, you haven't mentioned. Do, do you know? Bartholomew, what you got? Please, if you know, I mean, let's talk. What, what, help me out. I don't know. Have you ever felt that way? 
maybe in life or, or in church situation, whatever it is, who, who's going to mentor me, right? I, I need to be mentored. Who's going to train me? Who's going to equip me for everything that's about to come? So where Thomas is right now, this is the, the same feeling that Thomas is experiencing. I, Jesus, I want to be in the know. I mean, you're telling me about something that's going to happen, but I don't know. I, I don't understand it. I'm confused, Jesus. I need an appointment. Let's go have coffee. I need to know Jesus. And you have to, Jesus is about to answer Thomas. And you have to understand that Jesus is still convinced that Thomas knows the gall and the audacity and the nerve of Jesus, right? To think that we know when I know in my mind, I sure don't know. Jesus, how come you think I know? Listen, I know what I think. I know what I know. And I don't know that. I don't, you say that I know. But I'm lost and confused. I don't know. And what does he say to Thomas? Really, Thomas. Really. You, you don't know. Hey, Thomas. I'm right here. You say you, you don't know, but, but, but I'm right here. Jesus' answer to Thomas saying, I don't know, is I'm right here. Let me ask you a question real quick. You know, Pastor Rex is not the Holy Spirit, right? Let's just, just shake your head, right? It's kind of supposed to be a funny joke, okay? Thank you. He, he's not the Holy Spirit. You know, our pastoral staff, we're definitely not the Holy Spirit. Right? Okay. I just want to make sure we're good there. One of the many things that I love about Christian life, Austin, is the grace that our pastor preaches. He, he truly does not run this church and lead this church with an iron fist. Amen? Amen. He doesn't tell us what titles of movies we should and shouldn't watch. He doesn't follow us to work, right? And, and say, hey, you shouldn't be having that conversation with that coworker or ask you, is that business decision, is that the ethical thing to do in your life? He doesn't tell us exactly how to live our life. He just doesn't get into the details of all of that. And, and the truth is this, we don't need a 12-step program to learn how to live like this or like that. You ready? Here, here's your answer. You know why? Because you know. Uh, but Brad, no, no, no. You, no, we don't need a program or a discipleship program to tell you exactly how to live your life because as a Christ follower, as a spirit-filled believer, there's something down on the inside of you that you know. You know when you walk into the boardroom and you've got to make that decision. You already know if it's the ethical thing to do. You already know if the conversation with the coworker, if it's the right thing to do. You know, I know, we, you know. But Brad, I mean, I'm not sure I know. And Jesus says, I love this. Jesus says, you know the way. And Thomas says, I don't know the way. And Jesus says, Thomas. That's me. 
I am the way. You've been hanging out with me for years. You've been eating with me. You've been hanging out. I've been working with you. You don't know the way? Thomas, I am the way. I am the way, I am the the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to me, to the Father, except through me. I am, Thomas, I'm your one-stop shop, dude. I'm all that you need, my friend. You know me, you know them. If, If you know who I am, if you're in relationship with me, then let me just stand here confidently and tell you, yeah, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know the way, because I, Thomas... I am the way. It never ceases to amaze me that there's parts of our globe right now where the church is thriving under enormous persecution with leadership who owns just a few pages of their Bible and still in their teenage years. Literally, we have teenagers leading churches of tens of thousands in underground China with just a small portion of the word. Have you ever met have you ever met a seasoned saint of God? I mean there's some of you in the house. You've been around this thing for a long time. I'm talking maybe you're you're in your 80s. You've been serving God with passion for a really really long time. You get into a conversation with one of these incredible individuals and you talk about life and family. They always have good stories. You notice that? Like, they've got incredible stories, man. But then you, you talk about their relationship with God. And what, is it, what does it always come to? Here's what it is. I just love the Lord. I just, just love Jesus. And then for those of you, right, that, that grew up going to Sunday school... You grew up in church. What do we grow up singing? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Eighty-five years later, we finally get back to the main thing. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Somewhere between the Sunday school rhymes of our childhood and living through enough life to gain enough perspective on what this is really all about, somewhere in the middle, you and I begin to complicate things. Somewhere in the middle, we begin to jumble up this relationship with Jesus and and it becomes tangled and we become frustrated and confused with everything. And before you know it, we're left saying, "I, I don't know. It's not complicated, church. It's not complicated. It's Jesus. It's just not that. It's Jesus. Well, well, Brad, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how to minister, you know, signs and wonders. What about training on signs and wonders, right? What about classes on casting out demons? I mean, that's in the Bible. What about prophecy? I need to know that. I need to know. And by no means am I 
They might be littling that because it's in the word of God and I believe there's a place for it without a shadow of a doubt. But listen, it's not the main thing. Let me show you. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Jesus is saying this, that this will happen in the end of time. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Wow. You know why underground China is absolutely booming today? I have a feeling that it's not necessarily because they're teaching a 12-step program or they're teaching on signs and wonders and miracles. They're probably not doing a ton of teaching on casting out demons. You know why it's booming? Because everyday people are walking around telling other everyday people about Jesus Christ. They're they're simply... Listen, there's a man that changed my life. His name is Jesus. You need to meet him and watch what he will do in your life. And you know what I believe is happening? Listen, I just, I have a feeling, right, that in underground China, that, that prophecies are just kind of happening. I have a feeling that there's some people who are held captive by some crazy things are being set free. You know why? Because when you know Jesus, you get all of that. When you really know Jesus, it just comes with it. It's not complicated. It's just not complicated. And somewhere in the middle, you and I begin to complicate things. Listen, we could, we could teach how to pray for an hour. We, we could teach to read three in the old and two in the new. We could teach you about every aspect of acceptable Christian behavior. But hear me, church, the all-important question for you and your family, the all-important question as we begin 2015 is this. Do I know Jesus? Do I know Jesus? Am I in relationship with Jesus? All that other stuff is incredible and it's needed. But friend, I have a question for you this morning and it's so simple. It's not complicated at all. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And when you know Jesus, all that other stuff just seems to fall into place. I I can't begin to explain how it all happens. I don't know how he works. But when you truly know him and are in relationship with him, he just has a way of making it all work out for your good. Do you know Jesus? Brad, it's complicated, is it? Or are you and I the ones complicating it? The Apostle Paul, perhaps you're familiar with him. He's the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul had this mission in Athens, Mars Hill. And there he preached the gospel in what was the great cerebral center of the known universe in the time. And in this moment, Paul, he he got sucked in because, you know, the spirit of Thomas is everywhere. It's not just there, but it's here today, everywhere. And Thomas will forever be asking the question... 
I need to know more, right? Explain to me, please. I I need the fine print. I need details. I need points, bullet points, please. This doesn't make sense to me. I need to know more. And so Paul at Mars Hill, he said, okay, that's okay, I I get it. And he started actually to, to unpack and he started to reason cerebrally. Did you know that Mars Hill was the most unsuccessful mission that the Apostle Paul had in Athens. He actually, he actually had to brush the dust off of his feet and move on because there was no fruit. And here's what I love. You know the, the very next letter that he wrote after that, that situation was 1 Corinthians. And you have to understand, this is a man who has the first five books of the Bible memorized. He's a poster child for the religious Jews, literally a card-carrying member of the genius club here. He is a brilliant mind. And you know what he wrote in 1 Corinthians? He wrote this. For I have decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. In essence, listen, in essence, he's saying, I'm pushing everything off to the side. I'm pushing everything off to the peripheral so that I can preach Jesus and him crucified. In other words, I complicated it, guys. And it's not complicated. Matthew's gospel tells the story of Peter, James, and John being invited by Jesus on a mountain. And Moses and Abraham, they appear there as well. And on this mountain, you know Peter, he kind of likes to run his mouth a little bit. He he just just speaks out of turn when it's not. That's Peter. You know that type, right? Yeah. This is Peter. And so he's on this mountain. I mean, this incredible moment. What, What an honor to be invited on this mountain. And Peter pops off and he says, Hey Lord, it's good. It's good for us to be here. Okay. I want to build you three tabernacles. I want to build a tabernacle for Moses. I want to build a tabernacle for Abraham. And I want to build one for you. And the booming voice, listen, of a heavenly father shakes the mountain where they're standing. And you know what his word said? Listen, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Let me give you a translation. There is no need to build tabernacles for Moses, Abraham, or any other patriarch. This is about one man. And that man's name is Jesus. We will not build glorify. We will not build anything. A program or a system, a movement, or a man. We will not complicate the simplistic message of Jesus Christ. No tabernacle needed, Peter. Just be quiet, Peter. And listen to my son. Because that's who this is all about. I did you a favor. I knew you were looking for another New Year's resolution. And I wrote one for us. Are you ready? In 2015, I refuse to build tabernacles in my life to anything 
but Jesus. I will take my effort, my blood, my sweat, and my tears to build only something that will bring glory to Jesus. There's more. This year, I am not just here to work a job or to make as much money as possible. I'm not here to just graduate college. I'm not here to just raise my kids. We, as a church, are not here for a program that happens every Sunday. We're not here for the lights in the fog. We're not here to just sing in the choir or on the praise team or to just be an usher or a greeter. We're not here to just be a prayer partner or to just be a parking lot attendant or to be a COC Kids volunteer or to just attend a certain connect group. And while all those are necessary and important and I believe in them and they're needed, you and I are here To glorify Jesus. And to see humanity reached for his glory. There's a lot of great stuff going on. But you know the reason we're really here. Is to glorify Jesus. And let those people know how great he is. It's not about you. It's not about me. We're here to lift him up. And we're here to tell it to the world. That's it. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We're not here for comfort, convenience, or ease. We're not here to glorify Abraham, Moses, or anyone else except one. And his name is Jesus. And Thomas says, I don't know all of this. You know, I, I'm not sure. You, you act like we know Jesus and we don't. You haven't filled me in still. I'm still confused. I mean, I need more teaching, more equipping, more training, discipleship and mentorship, Jesus. I'm not ready for what's about to come. What are you talking about, Jesus? still confused. You've got to give me more substance here. You've got to give me the details and the information so that I can be fully prepared. It's almost as if information has become the anecdote for a lost and dying world. In 2015, can I just tell you this morning, we don't need more stuff. We don't need more money. We don't need more things. We don't have to get our kids the very, very best, most expensive thing in the world that we want to and we love them. We don't have to work so much that we sacrifice time with our kids. You know what we need? We need more relationship with Jesus. You want to have a better year in 2015 than you had in 2014? Grow in your relationship with Jesus and watch what happens. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about notoriety and fame. Stop worrying about all that. You get focused on Jesus and watch how everything straightens out in your life. You put Jesus in the center of your life. 
If you put him in the center of everything that you do, every decision, every business decision, every dating decision, every family decision, you want to watch how much more often you will make the wise choice in your life? It's not about all the other stuff in 2015. Forget about that this year. It's time for us to refocus prioritize and put Jesus where he belongs in our life. Wow, it's that easy? Yeah. It's that easy. No wonder we're we're taught in scripture that we must become like a child to enter the king's domain. The child just says, I trust you. Okay. Sure. You know what's best for me. And you're my mama, you're my daddy. I can't do anything. Just whatever. You know, you got my best interest at heart. I'm following you, mom and dad. But yet somewhere in the middle, we get... We get too smart for God, don't we? We, we think we can figure it out. We, we think we know what's best. We, we think we know how to make the wise choice by ourselves. And we end up with a rubber band ball of Christianity left trying to untangle the mess that we've created for ourselves. We need, we need more relationship. With Jesus Christ. We need more relationship. I don't want us to, to end 2015. And in December when we're buying Christmas presents again, you know, like we just did... We're trying to figure out where the money's coming from. And once again, we're frustrated again because there's not enough of that. You know what I'm saying? We just, whew. It just becomes complicated. I, I don't want us to get to the end of 2015 and it finally hits us that we have been making a meal off of the side dishes of life and the side dishes of Christianity. I don't want us to get to an end of another year to where we have been making what was meant to be peripheral. But we have made it the centerpiece in our life. Things that are good and things that are great. We've elevated those to a a position in our life that they have no place being in our life. And, And we've taken the most important thing and we've moved it to the side because we think this is more important. Pushing away the unimportant. For the most important. Here, here's what I don't want us to do. Listen. Did you see how successful my business was this year? Did you see how much more money we made this year than last year? That's great. I was a great parent. I gave my child everything that they asked for. Did you see the small group that I led this year? I was voted the volunteer of the month. While all of those are incredible and they matter greatly in the secret moments of our life, we lay our heads down on our pillows and we're left with saying, but I don't really know Jesus. 
I know a lot of other stuff. I did a lot of other stuff really well in 2015. But I still don't know Jesus. It's not complicated. Maybe you feel like Thomas feels this morning. No one else feels like Thomas this morning. If you stand with me, I'm nearing a close. You know who else feels like Thomas feels? Remember our friend Peter? Peter, Peter feels, everything is so clear to Peter right before Jesus dies, isn't it? Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. How clear is Peter? No, Jesus, I, I, no, no, never. I am with you for life. I, I, I'm here, I'm by your side. Things have never been more clear for Peter, the pro-fisherman. If I have to die, Jesus, I am your man. Hours later, hours later, he denies Jesus all three times. Jesus is crucified and he's buried and he's resurrected. You know the story. After all of this, by, by John chapter 21, what do we find Peter doing? Peter, he's fishing again. I think, I think part of Peter's emotions here, and you've got you've to get in his shoes for a moment if you can, and just imagine the brevity of what has just taken place in his life. And after all that, the man that he followed, that he committed to living for, to serving, he's just sold him out. And he died. And so now, can you imagine Pete just... Sitting on the edge of the boat, man. He's like. He's just thinking about what's going on and what's taking place in his life. And I have a feeling that part of his emotion here was. If I were to sit down and try to tell somebody about this. I mean, it's been crazy. I, I never never had intentions of doing what just happened. I can't even explain how it, it just, the, and there was, and here I am, it's just complicated. It's, it's become so difficult and, and convoluted that I can't even, I don't know how I got here, I don't know how I ended up here, but here I am. And this complexity robs us of the beauty, the simplicity, and the majesty of our God's sufficiency. This complexity, church, makes it about you and me. Right? We, we, we kind of have a pity party from time to time, me included. And that's what Peter's doing here. He's, he's throwing himself a pity party. But what does Jesus do? This blows my mind every time I read it. He makes... Make some breakfast. He's already a much better man than me right there. Make some breakfast. Hey, fellas, why don't you come to the shore? Brings the boys 
to the shore and moving to the end of John chapter 21 after Peter denies Jesus three times Jesus asked Peter three times hey Pete Peter hey do you love me and here's what happens here's Peter right he's all wound up picture yourself in the moment he's all wrapped up he's tangled up in the complexity of his emotions of the shame and the guilt of what has just taken place I don't fit here anymore. Look at what I have done. He's tangled and confused and wound up. And Jesus brings him to the shore, fixes him breakfast, fills his tummy. And then he says, Hey, bud, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Peter responds, Yeah, Lord. I love you. I do. I don't know how I'm here. I, I didn't intend for this to happen. But I, I so, I so love you. And right before our very eyes, we see Jesus. We see Jesus unwrapping and detangling Peter, bringing him back to this beautiful place. Pete, I got you, man. I know, I know you made a mess of 2014, man, but... I got you. I still love you, Peter. You're still my child. And you know one of the last things that he tells Peter? This is so amazing. This is what he says. Hey, Peter. Follow me. He he doesn't say, Peter, follow it. Follow those people. Follow those dreams. Follow the money. Follow the women. Peter! Peter! Follow me! Follow me! It's not complicated, Peter. You've made it so difficult, Peter, trying to achieve your own goals. But Peter, follow me. Stay focused on me. You want to succeed. You want your fishing business to succeed. Peter, follow me. You want your family to make it. Peter, follow me. You want to have an excellent 2015. Peter, been me Thomas I know you're out there and I know that you think you don't know but Thomas I'm standing right before you I am the way it's me you don't think you know the way but you know the way in a greater way than you could even begin to imagine 
you know the way. Maybe your relationship with Jesus is a lot like what we've talked about today. Maybe, maybe 2014 was not your best year. And maybe you're left even a couple weeks into the new year and you're still trying to untangle, figure out the mess of life that, that took place in 2014. I just want to tell you, need to know Jesus in a greater way. It's not as complicated as we like to make it. It's just about knowing Jesus. And when you know Jesus the way, listen, he has a unique way and I have a feeling that he's going to do it here in just a moment. He has a, he's a unique way of taking you and your crazy, frustrated, complicated situation of a life and bringing you back to a place just like he did for Peter that says, hey, you are my child and I've got you and I still love you. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.